All right, blockaders, you know what time it is. It's time to sit down with the man, the myth, the legend himself after a high day of clamming, Mr. Robin Vote. Let's sit back, relax, and make the jump into a galaxy far, far away. Man, rumor has it that galaxy's even out far past Dorchester. Hey guys, what's going on? It's Robin Vote here with Make the Jump Podcast. That's right, Star Wars Celebration 2019 is behind us now, and we've had so many fantastic announcements across the weekend. And included in this episode is a little bit of some Disney Parks insight from my good friend and friend of the podcast network, Mr. John Bishop Jr. You've heard him on Make the Jump here. Got a little surprise for you and a little background about his recent trip, what he might have saw, so stay tuned. So, Listen, coming out of Star Wars Celebration 2019, I am super excited for what Disney has planned, including some of the projects we've been wondering more and more about as we approach this month of April 2019. And I think the cool thing is, too, Star Wars Episode 9 was at the focus of this, folks. When I talk about this, I mean Star Wars Episode 9 is coming out in December, and we cannot be more excited about it here at the Podcast Network than get in line for 9, that t-shirt, we're gonna rock it, and guess what? That's the mindset, and especially with the teaser trailer. Let me give you my reaction to the episode 9 teaser. So number one, we get our look at Daisy Ridley. The best part about Rey, from what I've seen at the beginning of this teaser trailer, is that she's in a very different mode. It's, it's much like Luke Skywalker coming from Empire Strikes Back into Return of the Jedi. She's done some things to change herself because she knows that Kylo Ren truly cannot be turned at this point, maybe she's still going to pursue it. We don't know that much. I was talking about at Celebration Lancaster this past weekend, which was an amazing event with Rebel Cause Lancaster. So big shout out to my friends down in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. But the one thing about this teaser trailer that really caught my eye was the intro. And we see that Kylo Ren's ship is flying towards her. We don't know if that's his original tie that he had from The Last Jedi, but we know that it's coming straight at her on this desert planet and she prepares herself. She prepares herself. She knows he's coming. And she makes this amazing leap and turns over the cockpit of the TIE Fighter. And that's how we start off this teaser. And then we get a shot of what looks like the ship that we saw in Force Awakens that Rey was dropped off on Jakuin. So is there some correlation to that? We don't know. Of course, after that, we see our great droid, BB-8, of course. And we see the entire crew. We see Finn. We see Poe. And we also see Lando and Chewie in the Falcon again. This makes me so happy, folks. I am so glad to see Billy D. Williams, the great Billy D. Williams, back on the screen in the Star Wars universe. And he even said at the celebration panel for episode nine that the fans keep him going. He, he, the Lando never left him, which is so exciting. And you can see that in the teaser trailer. And the one thing that really caught my eye, I think, towards the second half of this teaser was we started to see some more familiar elements. We saw Lando, but we also heard Luke Skywalker talking in the background about where the galaxy was at this point, that there's, there's always a legend there and that people never truly are gone. And we look and it's Poe, Finn, and Rey looking over this vast body of water at what looks to be the remnants of the Death Star 2. And I say the Death Star 2 because of what follows it, which is the evil cackle of Emperor Palpatine himself. What is the correlation to this? Ian McDermott comes out on stage and you're like, whoa, holy cow. That's right, folks. Ian McDermott came out on stage at the end of the episode nine panel and said, roll the clip again. My mind says Palpatine is back. How so? Stay tuned 
for future podcast episodes to find out more about that. But I think that this is such a great way to, now that Luke Skywalker has given himself up to the Force, what more is there other than Lando, Chewie, and the essential characters of C-3PO and R2-D2 from the original trilogy? You need that dark side element. Luke was light side, but now you need a dark side element. And to bring Palpatine into the picture, if that is so, hopefully it's not one of J.J. Abrams' evil mind tricks like he likes to pull. But we love you, J.J. Don't worry about that. But there's always something true to the formula of Star Wars. And if it's so with Palpatine, ah, I am speechless in that case. Folks, I am without words. Bring back the Emperor. Make him be a major piece. Make him be the ultimate puppet master here in the Star Wars universe. That's what it's all about. And I think as fans, I, I just saw all you awesome podcasters out there in the crowd, people that are part of the Star Wars community, expressing their gratitude for, for Ian McDermott coming out on stage and this whole concept that the Emperor had never left us. That is what is super exciting in all of this, folks. And then, of course, we got the Mandalorian panel. We got some stuff. We got Pedro Pasquale coming out. We got the entire crew. Carl Weathers coming out. I mean, he was so awesome. He came out. He's like, I want you guys. I want you. He was he was so great. And was I a little bummed that we didn't get to see the teaser reel for the Mandalorian? Yes. Did it leak online on YouTube? Yes. So where at first and I verbalized this to many members of the podcast network that, oh, man, I'm bummed. Why the heck are they doing this? Why are they cutting it out? Folks, it ends up getting online anyway. And I watched it and I was super excited. All of you who attended Star Wars Celebration, man, oh man, did you guys have a treat seeing that live. And I'm super excited about The Mandalorian. I think that it's one of those projects that when you get the right people behind it, like Dave Filoni and and the rest of them, you know that it's going to be a really, really solid product that they're going to be able to crank out some pretty amazing content in the process. I I am super thankful to Dave Filoni and John Favreau and all the amazing producers and directors that are going to be working on the project because I feel like The Mandalorian is something that Star Wars fans have been waiting for for a very long time. And if you agree with Mr. Robin Vote here, head on over to Twitter, use the hashtag AskBrickCity, share your comments, let us know if you were at Star Wars Celebration, what was it like to be out in the crowd Hey, maybe I'll get you on an episode and we can talk about that Celebration Chicago 2019 experience with all of the lovely people of the Star Wars fandom. Before I continue here and before I get into more ramblings about Star Wars Celebration as it has concluded across the weekend, number one, I want to shout out Mr. Christopher James Letty, the Mr. Vintage Viewport himself, also from Six Scale Scavengers across social media. He met the wonderful regina sanders this weekend he met some fantastic fantastic members of the star wars community so chris we live through star wars celebration through your pictures so thank you so much for doing that for the entire brick city family and for those blockaders out there and of course all the listeners of the various podcasts in which the star wars fandom loves to latch on to before i get into this other section of celebration and some of the other conversations i want to have i'm going to throw it over to my good friend, Mr. John Bishop Jr., with our little galaxy segment, because guess what? That guy recently traveled down to check out Disneyland, and I'll tell you one thing. It sounds like he had a really good time. John, sounds like you had a really good time, my friend. What's going on out there? Across the galaxy. galaxy. 
And thanks, Robin. This is John Bishop with uh, A Trip Around the Galaxy. Um, I just recently got home from Disneyland where I was trying to get a jump on uh, some views of Galaxy's Edge. And I have to be honest, I'm pleasantly surprised that you really can't see into Galaxy's Edge from Disneyland. It really will be that immersive environment. I mean, Disneyland itself is already an immersive environment because of the berm and people talk about being inside the berm and all that stuff. It's not as an immersive environment or inside the bubble as uh, Walt Disney World can be. But once you're in Disneyland and you're really in the mode of being in Disneyland, you're in it. And uh, one of the things that's pleasant is you're really not going to be disturbed by Galaxy's Edge if you're there to see Mickey. And um, as a parent with three young kids, that is good for me because at some point I'm going to need to be of two minds. The older kids may want to go to Gal Galaxy's Edge, but my youngest might want to really concentrate on going to see Minnie and Mickey so we can split off appropriately. And hopefully by, time, by, by the time we get there, the lines won't be as bad as some of the CMs are already kind of predicting. I will say that that was the biggest bummer. Everybody is very excited about Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, but there is this underlying fear. And it's very clear when you talk to um, cast members or you hear cast members speak about Galaxy's Edge, they're really concerned about what the attendance in the park is going to come to look like when Galaxy's Edge opens this summer. I think, you know, everyone is sort of watching all of the things that um, Disneyland is trying to do to ensure having enough room, having enough parking, having enough space. But I will tell you this. Having been in the park on semi-off days and seeing it as full as I've ever seen it, and I've been there several times, it was pretty scary to think about what it would be like when Disney's Galaxy's Edge opens and there's only one ride open and there's not enough space for everybody to get into there, especially when um, there's going to be both Disney fans who are looking to see immersive environment and Star Wars fans who want to be in and play out uh, their childhood dreams. So I am excited about it. I, I think it's going to be amazing. I think it's going to be immersive. Um, what you can see and is, is best seen from outside the park when you're in the you know, in the vicinity of the parking garages or driving by. The scale is amazing. The Imagineering that you can see and you have seen from aerial photographs and other things is incredible. But I am no longer worried or upset about not being able to get there, you know, six months, a year, year and a half later, so that I can actually get in there and do the deal. Having been to places like, you know, the Pandora section of uh Walt Disney World and having been to the Wizarding World of Harry Potter in Universal Orlando, I have seen immersive environments, um, at least these proto-immersive environments, the way that they're now doing them in the, the big parks, and I've seen them packed. I've seen them be almost burdensome to travel through or to try and get something in the gift shop or eat or do all of the things that the parks are designed to do but aren't able to handle the capacity of the guests who want to be in there. And I know I know Disney in particular is trying to figure out surge pricing and finally acknowledging that they really don't have an off season, but they have to weigh those benefits with, you know, profits. And they have shareholders and people like uh, like that to, you know, make sure are happy. There is a moment when you walk into Hogsmeade or you walk into um, King's Cross Station and, and you're in the movie. I don't have as big of an affinity for Avatar, um, but you're in the movie at that point. So it's 
it's pretty incredible to see these spaces where people are really, really going to be plugged in. You know, on the flip side, you go to Harry Potter and suddenly you're there with 600 people in front of you trying to use the same wand-based attraction. And, and it, it takes a little bit of a luster off of it, frankly. So I've been happy when I'm able to get into those parks when they're not as busy. And now as I'm looking forward to my own Disney vacation, which thankfully comes a week before the opening of Galaxy's Edge, I'm okay with it. Now, you know, that's not to say if I if a press pass falls my way or if I have an opportunity to go a little bit earlier, I'm not going to try it. For sure, I'm going to try it. Knowing full well that there's only going to be one ride going and the Millennium Falcon ride will be a marquee attraction in the park as soon as it opens, it's going to be pretty incredible on both coasts. And that incredible is the number of people who are going to try to get in there. Now, that said, I do believe there will be a time when you can walk into Disneyland or Walt Disney World or, you know, the Magic Kingdom, Disney's Hollywood studio and, and walk through and not necessarily be so distracted by the Star Wars that's happening, you know, beyond any way that it's happening now. That, you know, that you'll be able to go and visit Mickey and or enjoy the Brown Derby without thinking about the galactic battle that's happening, you know, a few hundred yards away. I do think that they have and there will be some growing pains in the meantime. You know, we're going to learn a little bit more this week from Star Wars Celebration Chicago. And I look forward to hearing what exactly they have in store. As Star Wars gets bigger and bigger and as all of us are, you know, more and more able to immerse ourselves at home with books, movies and TV shows, the spotlight will come down on the parks where you're supposedly be able to physically interact with a galaxy far, far away. And I'm looking forward to it, but I do think that there'll be some moments where we're all saying, okay, this would be great, but I wish there wasn't 100,000 people around me. If you're making plans, take, take a little bit of advice, plan your vacations, but don't necessarily plan it around Galaxy's Edge. It'll be there. They have a lot invested in it, and I'm sure we're going to have an awful lot of opportunity down the road to enjoy this with our family. That's it for this uh, week's Around the Galaxy. I'll throw it back to you, Relic. Thanks, John. I can't wait to get my way down to Galaxy's Edge at Disney. It sounds like it's going to be an amazing, amazing time. So, folks, before we keep going here, I just want to say to all of the people who are across social media this weekend who are at Star Wars Celebration, Daniel Kennedy, Andy Gutierrez, the entire Star Wars show crew. I live through Celebration through you guys. So big shout out to Lucasfilm and the Star Wars show crew. You guys did an amazing job. Brick City Blockade is super thankful for all the hard work you do. And hey, every Wednesday, that show's on YouTube. So make sure to check it out like we do and subscribe and do all those amazing things that keeps Andy and the entire crew rolling. So the last thing I really want to talk about when it comes to Star Wars Celebration across the weekend, and I think it's very interesting because I had this conversation before with a lot of podcast members. And of course, we were at Celebration Lancaster in Pennsylvania, as I had mentioned before. Tell us 360. Uh, big shout out to Rebel Claus Lancaster once again. And the one thing about Celebration this year that I think was very different than watching Celebrations in the past. I haven't been to one and hey, Anaheim 2020 now. I'm super excited. I'm super excited. Plan on the Brick City Blockade, possibly finding their way out west to make their way to uh, the Anaheim Convention Center for Star Wars Celebration 2020 next year. We are super pumped. Without going on a complete rant on something that I have not even planned out yet, let's talk about this. The Phantom Menace stuff and all of the amazing prequel-focused content that came this weekend. Of course, the Clone Wars panel. 
absolutely amazing. That trailer captured the essence of Ahsoka and why we love that character so much. I know, Chris Letty, you would agree with me on that one. And there were so many fantastic Star Wars fans there that were dressed up in their Ahsoka cosplays and costuming as her. And let me say this. It did not disappoint in any way, shape, or form. It is a great trailer for what is to come this fall. And I think Filoni is doing an amazing job of bringing us back to that galaxy far, far away through the Clone Wars. And when he means Clone Wars is saved, folks. Oh, it is saved big time. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what Ahsoka, what her character development has been like ever since Filoni left us off back in the day. And now we're getting back into the storyline and I'm super excited to see where he takes it. We know that Ahsoka goes off, she leaves Anakin, and she says, I have to go find my own path. Now she's back, folks. And we know what happens down the road in terms of Star Wars Rebels, another amazing Dave Filoni product. And it's that middle ground of story that we have not filled in yet. And that's where Clone Wars is going to fill in the gap. And I love Rex is back into it. The clones are back into it. There's sacrifice amongst all of this. We're leading up to the events of Revenge of the Sith. And that is what is going to make the Clone Wars an amazing time, not just for us prequelists out there, Mr. Ken Knapsack knows what I'm talking about, but for Star Wars fans who have embraced a lot of these characters, thanks to Dave Filoni and the Lucasfilm crew, Clone Wars is going to be an amazing, amazing part of our fall next to The Mandalorian, and I am super excited for it. And of course, the Phantom Menace panel that happened, and let me say, Ahmad Best coming out to thunderous, thunderous applause. No democracies falling, but thunderous applause amongst the Star Wars fans was absolutely amazing. It's something that I had predicted back probably about two months ago was that I really hoped that Star Wars fans were going to embrace Ahmad Best amongst all the negativity about the prequels and Jar Jar Binks. They came out. They knew Ahmad Best's story, his stories about, about what he went through following the Phantom Menace. And, and we all took that to heart. And we said, Jar Jar Binks really is an intricate part of the Star Wars story. And I had many great conversations with many of the members of Rebel Cause Lancaster this past weekend, and even in past Facebook videos, guys. If you go over to Facebook, check out my feed. I had a great conversation with Tyler over at Rebel Cause Lancaster about Jar Jar Binks and how iconic to our lives. I mean, I'm 25 years old, turning 26 in September. Phantom Menace was an intricate part of my Star Wars fandom. The prequels were huge in that. And Jar Jar, like I had said to him, was a comedy relief that was necessary amongst the political aspect of the Star Wars universe that kids could never understand until they were old enough to know how democracy and republics work. That is why Jar Jar played such a big role and why Ahmad Best deserved all the applause and the love this past weekend because number one, he's a wonderful human being and number two, Jar Jar is a very intricate part. As much as people goof around about it, I have my fair share of moments, folks. He is a major part to our love of Star Wars. So many amazing panels across the weekend at Star Wars Celebration. Check out all the amazing content coming down the road from BrickCityBlockade.com Podcast Network at our website and across our podcast feed on Stitcher, SoundCloud, and iTunes. So much more Make the Jump coming up down the road here, folks, and we want you to be part of that experience. Well, it's that time of Make the Jump, folks. It's a little thing we like to call, yeah, plug time. You guys can follow me over on Twitter at MrVoteTweets. Check me out over on Instagram with my random turtle videos and stuff from the Star Wars universe. 
at the official vote. Hey, www.brickcityblockade.com. Also, Patreon to support the network. T Public to rock the network in our $14 tees coming up down the road. So be prepared, folks. And of course, our Galaxy of Joy program with Starlight Children's Foundation, bringing smiles to kids' faces every cent at a time. Make sure to check that out. Link can be found on the website. Thank you guys for listening to Make the Jump podcast here with your host, Robin Vogt. And hey, you know what? Get yourselves ready for Anaheim 2020. Like I said before, folks, we might be seeing you out there. And as we always say, may the force be with you. Always.